All right, well, welcome to Audience of One. I appreciate you coming. Um, this is the um, If They Can Do It, So Can I, a Q&A sit down with, uh, with urban fantasy creators. All right, so what is urban fantasy? Urban fantasy is a story set in the city, basically. Fantasy can be set in a fiction, fictional universe while urban fantasy um, specifically is set in real life. Um, examples I have here, I don't know if you're familiar with them. Um, the Moon Called um, series by Patricia Briggs with Mercy Thompson and the Justin Files. Um, those are just some prime examples a lot of people know about. Um, so meet our creators. Um, I'm Kayla, AKA KS Garner. I'm an urban fantasy author. Um, these are my books here, Unholy and Unbroken. They are available upstairs if you'd like to purchase. Uh, we have Adam Downing here, who is the writer of the comics here. Um, which one you put up? Offspring is the one you have up here. And he got another one too that he's not selling. I did, yeah, yeah, project. So I need to figure out how to get him before he leaves this place. Yeah, and uh, Mitch Bastillos yeah. here. Um, what's, what's that? Necrobiotic. Necrobiotic. All right, uh, so yeah, as I said, I'm an urban fantasy author. Um, my stories are set here in Baltimore City. Um, they're about a woman named Misty Calloway. In the first book, Unholy, is her finding out about her powers. She has like these paranormal demon fighting powers. Um, and then the second one is her honing her skills, finding out the responsibility that comes behind having those powers, and discovering new foes and allies here in the city. Um, Adam, what is your story about? Uh, let's see. Offspring is Offspring follows uh, my main character Riker. You know, he's a 26-year-old burnout. Um, you know, he's uh, he's lonely. He's depressed. He's stuck in like a dead-end job. So, um, he kind of short. Long story short, you know, he uh, he's uh, on the roof of his job site one night, and he, he runs into a shady group of folks. Um, he investigates. They turn out to be werewolves, and that kicks off uh, Offspring basically. So it's a dark fantasy series that follows. Uh, Lichens and uh, vampires, and uh, you know things of that nature. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Necrobiotic is based in the uh, city of uh, Florence. Uh, it's uh, it, it mixes like all these different genres where it's post-apocalyptic, uh, but the city is uh, ripe and proper, I guess. Uh, mainly, it's a world where. Uh, uh, because humanity is at the brink of extinction, uh, they um, tan and program the dead to perform all the manual labor that uh, is required for humanity to function. Uh, and so in this like dark and depressing world uh, where most of your needs are taken care of, which is really cool, um, you're also faced with a lot of I feel, mental uh, challenges because of the, the landscape and just where humanity is. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Um, so where do you get the ideas of your stories from? And alternatively, where did the idea of your story or series come from? For me, um, I wrote mine, this was when I think the Freddie Gray protests were happening, and I just kind of wanted to come out of it for a little while. Um, just, I guess like an escape from it, like these problems that, are, that exist don't exist in this world. She has more important things to worry about than, you know, uh, you know, police brutality or, you know, the violent environment that she lives in. She's kind of, like I said, coming out of herself in a way. And I just thought, you know, paranormal stuff was, is pretty cool and urban fantasy that I wanted to explore because a lot of high fantasy kind of goes over my head a little bit, whereas Baltimore City I'm very familiar with. Um, there's a, a lot of places that I describe in both books. There's the Washington Monument on Charles Street, 
Green Mountain Cemetery, um, the flea market in Patapsico, um, what else? And a lot of places on um, like Lex Le um, Lexington Market that are like, they're still there, but they like burned down and are not of use. But I describe some places like that in the city. So if you're familiar with it, you probably would know. I try not to name it specifically because I don't want to get in trouble. But um, yeah, if you're familiar with the city, then yeah, you would know what those places are. Kayla, I love how you like incorporate like landmarks, like Baltimore landmarks into your stories, because I try to do that with uh, my series Project Angel as well. Um, and Mitch, I like how I'm sorry, I like how you built the world of okay. necrobiotic. That's insane. Like programming the dead to do your labor. I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, <laughs> all right. Where do I get the? All right. Um, I got the idea for Offspring. I, so as I was shaping the the world for like Project Angel and like the universe, um, there was like a bunch of ideas that I had scrapped, and I like I had like a whole lichen uh, vampire story like kind of built out or the begins the the beginnings of one. So um, I guess I was as I was looking to to write my second story, I kind of took those pieces and I built out Offspring, and um, yeah, that's uh, I don't know. No, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, for me, it's like, and, and probably with all the creative works I do, is uh, I, I like a, a sense of melancholy, uh, and I'm a huge fan of uh, Korean movies uh, and, and uh, a few like Japanese movies because they're okay with an unsatisfactory ending and like a sad one, uh, and those are some of those stories I really enjoy. Uh, and so I wanted a, a place where like. You know, the ending won't be satisfactory, but the, the process by which you get to that ending, uh, you're gonna share some stuff with people. And that's kind of where I like to keep the attention is, you know, despite everything else, how do you love people? So, uh -huh. so could you elaborate a little bit more on your creative process from start to finish? Like, how did you start the story and all the stuff in between and then at the end? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's, it's like that. Uh, yeah, I know. It's like what was it that Ghibli uh, meme where he's just like walking around his house, like the creator. Uh, it, it's just like I wake up in the morning, um, I look at myself in the mirror, and I'm like, "Don't look at your phone." And then I look at my phone, and I my anxiety shoots up to the roof because there's all these unanswered emails, uh, and not only like. Should there be writing, but no one's going to buy your writing if you don't do some marketing. So there's always like answer this email, spend money on this, um, and so there's a mountain of anxieties uh, that I will carry with me into that chair, stare at the blank screen, wonder why I'm not doing this chapter, uh, and start working on another project that doesn't pay me as much money, uh, and do a lot there, and be like, oh, I did it, and, and be like, crap, I really should do this one because this is what makes me money. Um, but it's, I think the only time I ever get like in the zone is if I can, like it's, it's usually like a sweet spot where I, I feel at ease and I just trust my creativity to just kind of splatter on the wall and make something that hopefully someone will enjoy uh, while watching like Swedish landscapes. I love like the YouTube videos where it's just like going over like those European landscapes and it's like, Oh, that's nice. That's, oh God, nature. I don't want to be in it, but it looks good on this screen. Um, and that's probably it. I mean, it's just, it's wrestling with yourself because you have to like, I feel like you're writing with yourself. So if you don't really like yourself, it's it's a tough process. So yeah, how's, how's your guys' <laughs> morning going? 
Yo, do you have ADD? Yeah, 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 yeah. I identify with Look, look, I just like, after the anxieties, I'm like, all right, here's my antidepressants, here, here's the ADHD medicine, okay, yes. here's my coffee, okay, let me get this all in, is it working? Um, yes. no. And I'm like, biting my fingers, just like, oh, God. I like, it's just like, oh, my God, I have this project here, I got the script here, but like, I'm supposed to be writing this. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, no. It doesn't help when you got multiple screens, too, because you're like, I'm like, Facts. Um, I guess uh, in terms of creative process, in terms of like writing a story, like, all right, um, I guess, especially if I'm, if I'm, if anybody's like a novice writer, which I don't know, I'm, I'm a novice writer, so um, I always advise like everybody to look up The Anatomy of Story by John Truby. That's something that my father put me onto. Um, he's a filmmaker and he loves that kind of stuff. So when I expressed that I was trying to write comics, he was like, yo, Anatomy of Story, John Truby, you know, I got me. Uh, that book, I got a little PDF that like, uh, what's it called? It just summarizes everything, so it's really quick and user friendly. But um, so I recommend everybody like, if you don't know how to like write a story, if you've never like written a story before or structured a story, if you don't know how to like go to that. Um, and then I just recommend that like you brain dump. Like I like most people, a lot of people have ideas for stories, and we all have like just a bunch of bits and pieces kind of in our heads, and we have like maybe there's just like we have like specific, like one specific scene that we really just wanted to get out here because it's so cool, but we don't know how to build a story around it. So like, just brain dump everything that's in your head onto a page, document, whatever, um, write it all down. Then, like I said, familiarize yourself with how to structure a story, anatomy of story, right? Figure out the beginnings, especially. Um, if you're gonna do, like, I, I had to get used to doing things in an episodic way because I'm doing issues um, mm -hmm. with my comics. So uh, if you're gonna do that, just kind of get your, your first issue or your, if you're going to do like a series, uh, you know, your first, like your pilot, you know, your beginning of the story. And, uh, I don't know, just begin to fill things in from your brain dump, like, uh, you know, get your ideas and like kind of fit them and format them into the, into the structure and, uh, just build it out from there, I guess. Yeah, I like how there's like three different mediums of uh, <laughs> urban fantasy writing. We got like, you know, TTRPGs, we got comics, and then we got like uh, right. novels, right? Right, yeah. Uh, but all kind of sharing like similar themes. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just write. I don't really structure anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll figure out where it goes at some point. So, like, I try to imagine, like, I used to work at the Horseshoe Casino downtown in, um, that's how I put the um, Washington Monument on Charles because I used to take that all the way home mm -hmm. before I got on the 83. And I would just imagine what this would look like if it was at nighttime and stuff was going on and how come no one's you know, coming out of their house and expecting, um, and, um, investigating anything? Well, we live in Baltimore City. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what it would look like in this, you know, in this courtyard or on this street or what have you. So... Yeah, I just kind of imagine what they look like, and then my characters kind of tell me what they want to do. I don't really, oh, they should do this and they should do that. Like, no, they kind of tell me. I kind of think of them as actual people in a way. So that helps, and it's also like a disadvantage because then it's like when I get um, a writer's block, I don't really know what to do with them. They're just kind of like on the page. But, yeah, I just kind of write. I try to write with the ending in mind, and then I'll figure out how to get there. Um, but that's what's actually holding me up with the third book because I don't know how it'll end. I don't want it to be sad <laughs> or anything like that. I don't want to kill her, but I don't want anything to be all happy-go-lucky either. So, yeah, I just kind of just write and figure out as I go. That's just how I am. And 
how I started it, actually, I started it writing it on sticky notes. Just random stuff on sticky notes. Nice. So. Where are those sticky notes? Are you going to put them on eBay sometime? Probably, yeah. I still actually have them. I still oh, have. heck yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you justify the cost of your works and or services to consumers and customers? Because, Mitch, I know um, you offer services in TTRB2. So, like, how do you justify, like, hey, I'm providing a service to you. This is my rate. And they're, like, maybe they try to negotiate it. This like, no. Or maybe you try to, like, how do you justify in your head? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, I'm not great. Uh, I remember my first time uh, applying for a marketing job at a TTRPG company. I was so excited. I was like, yeah, I could. Do, I would do this for free. That's like, I'm so excited for this. And my friends were like, God damn it, Mitchell, like, don't say that. <laughs> they did pay me. Uh, so I was thankful for that. But I definitely should have came in there because uh, exposure is nice, uh, but you can't like... You can't put it out on your taxes. Uh, they don't feed. You can't get like DoorDash or ice cream in the middle of the night with exposure. And I've tried, right? I've tried. It doesn't work. So you actually need money. Um, and if it's anything like the the pandemic has has kind of shown is that uh, people love entertainment, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they put people put a lot of money into entertainment, and oftentimes uh, it, that money is misused because it's you know kind of directed by uh, these big shots who are just kind of, they're, they're having a great old time up there. Um, and so you have movies like, you know, Avatar The Last Airbender, um, which just makes me sad. Uh, <laughs> when, you know, the the best works are gonna be your local people, uh, like like this stuff, right? This is, you're gonna find better content and more creativity um, with this than you will in, you know, most of Barnes and Nobles. Um, because you know we, we do it because we love it and we believe in the thing that that we do um, it doesn't pay much but at the end of the day we can look at the product and be like man that was really cool you know um, but in terms of cost and everything I, I try and it's something I'm, I'm struggling with is trying to be like this is what I'm worth um, this is probably what you want to pay this is probably what you should pay, and somewhere in the middle we're gonna meet. Because uh, I remember when like uh, uh, teacher RPG books and stuff like that, people were starting to complain as the prices were going up from like 45, 30 to 50. Um, they're like, oh man, but it's like, uh, people don't understand the amount of money and work that goes into any of these fictions. Uh, it is years of training, and then it's years of like, smacking yourself in the face and sticky notes and all sorts of stuff, late night coffees, wrestling, depression, uh, all that stuff. So um, when someone picks up a book uh, and they pay like the price that you're like, yeah, this is what I said, uh, it feels so good because it feels like a, a full acknowledgement that, yes, I deserve to eat too, um, which is always nice. But it's always a hard negotiation because you, you as a creator are also negotiating with other people trying to make money uh, from the printers over in China uh, and various other countries. China because just because they are like, uh, that's pretty much where all the printing is done for the most part. There's a couple of places in the US uh, and a few other countries, but uh, it's hard to beat China's rates. Um, and then artists and stuff like that, like it, it's a lot, like a front cover for, for like this uh, costs, costs a grand. Uh, and people look at it and they're like, oh, $50, gosh. And it's like, well, you know, that front cover costs me a lot. So mm -hmm. 
And artists, you know, need to be paid more. So do writers. I don't think I answered the question, but I believe I no, danced. No, you did. You did. I danced yeah. around it enough, and I, I hope. <laughs> no, you, you answered it. Um, Adam, what about you? Um, no, I actually agree. Like, I, I think I undervalue, um, like, my skill set as a writer, and I've been trying not to do that. But um, I guess I, I don't really try to justify the mm -hmm. cost of, like, an issue of Offspring. It's 10 bucks flat. Um, one, I found that, like, like when I, like analyzing my own spending habits, like if I want to buy something, I don't really like. If I really want to buy something, I'm gonna spring for it. Like I might, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying. So, um, that's one thing. And then too, like I know I'm not even trying to be arrogant, but I know it's a decent story. Like I know what I have, so you know it's worth it. Yeah, I'm gonna pay twenty for it. So you know what I'm saying. I appreciate. Yeah, that. I, I got you. So. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> and I, enough people have expressed interest in this story that I know like it's it's worth ten bucks. Um, so. Yeah, mine go for um, 10 each. I'm actually thinking of raising it to 12 when the third one comes out, just because I feel like, why not? Um, I mean, every, I think like 15, yeah, 20. Yeah, it's cool. like, how do I, with, for me, it's like, how do I justify that to myself? I'm like, is it, that, <laughs> is it worth 15, 20 dollars? Yes, it is. Okay. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll think about it. That's the um, thing. Like, I feel like part of it is like, we're just, we, we, A, what's more important than the money is the affirmation of someone just picking up the book and leaving uh, with an exchange of money. Uh, and I think sometimes that's more important than the actual money. So we're just yeah. like, okay, it's, hey, it's $10. And also, like, you need to value your product. Like, if you expect people to, like, you need to treat your product like like any other fantasy book you would buy at, like, Barnes & Noble. Like, you know, you need to, I don't know, like, um, that's one thing also I was, like, I was looking at, you know, the, the big dogs in the indie comics space. I was looking at what they were pricing their issues at, and I was like, all right, bet. They're pricing that as a 10 flat. I'm pricing mine at 10 flat. Cool. Even if I'm not even there, it's just like, why not, you know? That's that's what I feel it's worth. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the only difference between you, you guys and them is they have the publicity, and that's True. it. Like, quality uh, and stuff like that, it's all there. It's just, you know, the, the roll of the die is uh, if you are lucky enough to get, like, uh, someone who can uh, push your stuff with a greater reach, and that's it. Because, mm -hmm. like, there's, there's no difference between quality of, of this stuff and, like, you know, what people would deem as the major hitters. You're right. Yeah. So how did or do you maintain world building and consistency in your world's rules and lore? Um, for me, um, well, werewolves and vampires and demons and stuff like that is not new. Um, that lore is kind of already out there and exists already, so I don't really change a lot of it. Um, as far as, it, I just try to keep it simple. Um, you know, gravity still exists. You know, fire still hurts people. You know, it still burns the skin. You know, stuff like that. Just trying not to change too much. Um, I add a little bit of stuff in there as far as like um, astrology type stuff, but not too much because I don't want the astrology girls to come after me. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just, I mean, I just write everything down and try to keep like a PDF of everything. Yeah, and just try to keep it simple. Like I said, my stuff already kind of exists in the world. Um, yeah, I don't try not. I try not to go too far with it for my stuff, at least. Right. Mm -hmm. I remember one time someone was like, "But how does the programming work for the dead? Like, can you explain?" And I'm like, 
if I knew, <laughs> I wouldn't be writing books. I would be doing that. I'd be at the graveyards. Uh, but I don't know how it works. I'm going to spit some scientific whatever. But none of it is true. So, uh-huh. like, right. Yeah, I feel like with, like, fantasy, urban fantasy, sci-fi, what have you, this is your world that you can build. It can be anything that you want it to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. things still have to, still has to be rules, still has to be, like, laws and, um, like, some type of practicality in the world. But at the end of the day, it's still yours, and you can build it wherever <coughs> way you want to. You know, it's just like, for me, how does racism still exist? How does sexism still exist? Or whatever whatever it is still exists in your world. You can make it whatever you want it to be, right? So that's why it, my, in my stories, they don't really exist. Um, I focus more on the supernatural stuff because I already deal with that other stuff in real life. I don't want it in my stuff. So that's just me. Nice. Um, I think it, to help me maintain consistency, I guess, across my stories, um, and also, you mentioned um, writer's block in one of your yeah. previous answers. Uh-huh. Um, one thing that helps me with that also, because I know you said, like, I don't really do outlines. I would absolutely push, like, um, like outlines or, like, yeah, like, like outlines, things like that. Like, um, structuring, like, having certain, like, established things that you know are going to happen in your story. Well, yeah, I've done, I'll write out a scene and I'll put in, like, brackets and bold letters. Something happens right here. I don't know what it is, but something right. happens right here, and then the rest of the stuff happens. I just have to put something right there. Yeah. What, what I wrote this week was like a T Rex Parmesan crusted chicken recipe, uh, and I was like, okay, how do I get the measurements right? And I spent like three days trying to figure this out. Be like, yeah, you know, back when I was young, Mima used to make me some T Rex Parmesan chicken. It was good. And I was like, okay, so that that was me. If I just have a title. That's silly and stupid. I feel like I can fill in the rest. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, just having things, like, set and then, like, like, I also identify with what you said, like, letting your characters guide you through the story. Yeah. That's how I, like, I don't know how to explain it, but, yeah, kind of, like, mm-hmm. doing, like, a mixture of both. Um, and, yeah, that's how I, like, maintain, like, consistency. Like, I keep, like, a Bible, um, like, an outline of, you know, like, um, like, something that outlines, like, my entire universe, like, between, you know, Project Angel, Offspring, whatever series, whatever uh, other series we're going to come out with, like, you know, like, the foundations of, like, this universe, um, and then we kind of just take chunks of that, and, like, that's a series right here, like, uh, so, yeah, yeah, I need to be like you guys. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, we all have our own process. Yeah, yeah we all have our own little I, I mean, I'm trying to find more structure with mine, because sometimes I'm just staring at the screen, like, same. I feel like that's a lot of writing, though, is just, like, staring at a screen. Yeah, I've gotten to the point where I had to change the color of the paper to, like, a light green, help my eyes, because it was, like, oh, nice. burning I my eyes. That too. Yeah, that, that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, what has been the most challenging thing you faced or overcome since starting your creative endeavor? Um, for me, it's the financial stability or insta- instability, and um, my mental well-being because it kind of comes in waves um and it is connected with money sometimes it is sometimes it isn't like with baltimore comic-con i just did last weekend i made like a hundred dollar 150 dollar profit which i wasn't expecting at all and it was like slow on friday so i was like getting really anxious um for something like that for those who are listening and you guys are here i would recommend just like splitting the table because you earn your money back faster that way um, as far as my mental well-being, 
it comes in waves. Um, a lot of it is just like being anxious and doubting myself and doubting my work. And will it ever be finished by the deadline that I set for myself? Um, am I working myself into a hole? What am I doing? Yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, a couple of good cries, maybe a nap or two and some water, you know. Crying and napping like that. And like getting some fresh air, like going walk my dog or something. And oh, I don't do that. I don't uh, go outside, no. Oh, well, <laughs> open the window, get some fresh air or something like that. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that has helped me. But, yeah, that's probably the most challenging thing is uh, the financial part and the mental well-being part for me. Yeah, I would say just like the cost of illustration is probably like the biggest thing for mm. me. Yeah, like the cost to get these things illustrated, um, 100%. And then also marketing. Actually, no, marketing. Marketing's yeah, because it's like, yeah, no, I thought it was illustration. It's marketing, actually. <laughs> like, um, you, and nobody, like, I don't know. I feel like everybody hears it when they first start doing something, when they first start writing something, but, like, nobody pays attention to it until it's, like, they're done. Like, oh, I have a book. Is anybody going to read it? And nobody wants to read it because they posted it on once on their Instagram they created a month ago. And you know, <laughs> so, like, yeah, marketing, marketing. Um, those are two things that marketing especially is, like, a, is a huge learning curve that I'm encountering right now, so. I mean, it's like we have to wear all these different hats. Definitely. Yeah. Like, I don't want to wear that hat. I'm not good at it. Yeah. Don't make me wear it. <laughs> don't make me wear it. Uh, but you have to, like, and especially, like, marketing with the, like, shifting of social media and stuff like that. It's hard to keep up with trends. And then there's, like, there's some places where you can't just go to to market uh, for specific times. Like, um, Reddit is one of those places where you have to be part of the community and be active, like, most of the week in order for you to then market. Otherwise, if you pop in like one day and be like, I have a Kickstarter, they'll be like, who the hell are you? Get out of this place. Uh, and so like, it's either you're working every day, uh, hoping to bear that fruit later, um, or you're just leaving that marketing place out. And you're just like, go, go, go. Um, and then getting like the correct SEOs and, and like with Facebook and Instagram and targeting the correct people, trying to get like, uh, the tags and everything just right. Um, and of course, you know, Twitter has a new CEO, so they have to figure out <laughs> what the heck's going on with that <laughs> advertisement uh, opportunity. Um, and yeah, and it could get really expensive. Uh, I know, like, uh, for Chu, um, the, the TTRPG, which is based on the comic book of the same name, uh, I think we spent like a grand or maybe two grand. Uh, marketing to get it on, um, I think it was Hyper RPG. It's a, a California studio, um, and we had the actor from the video game high school uh, series uh, GM, and so there was a couple other actors who were part of it. And I was like, that's so cool. I was like, this is gonna be great. Like, they're gonna have so much reach. Man, <laughs> like they they played the game. It was a really cool game, and they did a great job. But like, it didn't really bring any anyone uh, more. Uh, to the uh, to, to buying the product, um, so sometimes it's just like it feels like magic. It's like blowing on like your modem and be like free a little bit faster now. <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it's just weird. Definitely. Um, do either of you have any advice that you um, are willing to share that you wish someone would have told you before you first started? Marketing. Uh, <laughs> 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 Yo. Yeah, seriously, like, think about it. Um, 
especially like yeah once again if i'm talking to a new writer like somebody who's about to start like writing a comic specifically i'm gonna tell them like after i direct them to truly i'm gonna be like and while you're figuring out how to write your book figure out who you're writing for um figure out where they hang out and figure out like how you can connect and like market to them honestly um and just keep doing that alongside you know while you write your thing mm -hmm. that's yeah yeah, do testing parameters concerning on how you're going to project interest because like uh, the back of the books are usually interesting but people don't usually pick up the and read it unless like the front is enticing enough for you to pick it up um, and so there's many times when uh, when I was doing marketing and TTRPGs and stuff like that uh, when I would someone would come up to me and it was hard because I was like it's not it's not it's not going to market well because what you've brought to me isn't something that i can work with uh and i'll do my best but there's limitations because the art is like 80 percent of the market uh the marketing aspect so if that's not on point then it's just you're pushing a rock up the hill so be friends with your artists work with them uh, make it really good uh, your presentation to the public because um, uh, everything rides on that uh-huh um i would just say as far as with the writing um since i pretty much did all the work and then the cover artist and the editor um i would say just stay local when you're trying to sell your stuff um yeah i mean that's how you really uh like get an audience and or fan base or whatever it may be it's just staying local for a while don't try to go for the big stuff like uh like baltimore comic-con which is like three hundred dollars for a table and the prices are going up next year um yeah like i think adam you said it just kind of like know who you're writing for and having an enticing cover and artwork those are the type of things that people kind of go for it's like the covers that's the what draws people in and then they'll pick it up and look at the back of it and whatnot. So, yeah, just kind of stay local for a while before you try to go to the big leagues. Um, do you, either of you have anything else you wanted to add, or do we have any questions before we end? No? Yeah, I'm good. Do you guys have any questions? Anything you all wanted to learn about writing your own stuff? Or? I have a question. Yeah. I Yeah, I had issues with that in the first book, Unholy. Um, like I said, werewolves, vampires, demons, paranormal stuff has already been written, ghosts and whatnot. Um, I think what draws people in with my book is that it's a dark-skinned African-American woman on the cover. Um, it's set in Baltimore City, which and brings in a lot of people. Um, yeah, it's not, I try to tell people like there's not any sex in it or anything like that because I know me being a Baltimore native, a lot of stories and a lot of narratives that we hear about Baltimore is like, it's super violent, hypersexualized, drugs and so forth like that. And it's, I mean, there's violence in it and there's swearing in it, but that's pretty much where it stops for me. So I think that's what kind of sets me apart because when I see you know mothers and fathers and kids come up to the table and they see themselves on these covers, I think that kind of sets me apart 
from a lot of other um, urban fantasy authors and whatnot. So, um, so like you're saying, like asking like for like writing advice or just like in terms just, of ourselves. Yeah, just dealing with the yeah the process and I guess being original and um, well not being original. How do you? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with the statement that like nothing is original. I think a lot of us like everything's been done before. So it's about like yeah how you how like you put your own spin on it like how um i don't know like uh the way um our werewolves and like our vampires function like it's not i don't know it's uh it's like they use this like dark uh magic called dark emmy um you know they weren't uh, like their their whole origin story i can't like spoil that but I don't know. There's like uh, <laughs> I, I bought it, so don't spoil it. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. Um, I don't know. I guess uh, the art for this story keeps it unique. Um, yeah, because it's in black and white, right, or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's black and white. It's just like gritty, like. Yeah, you know, I think that's what makes it different because it's not a lot of comic books that are like in black and white. True, and so. and just like uh, I don't know, story wise, I don't really worry too much about being original. To be honest, like these stories just pop out my head. I don't know. Maybe I don't, but <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> so. uh, I mean, I, mean uh, I think uh, us three look at uh, everyone here, and we're looking at different things, um, different perspectives. When I look at Scott, I'm like, sexy cowboy. Um, <laughs> but everyone else here looks at him and probably might be thinking about something else. So I not think... Not anymore. Yeah, not <laughs> anymore. Uh, I mean, they should know. Um, but I think a lot of times we um, like to think of everyone like thinking the same and we're the same and stuff like that, but we have such vast different perspectives on things. Um, and it's hard to sometimes acknowledge because then it kind of like, uh, I feel it kind of puts distance when it, when it shouldn't, it should be a celebration of like, you look at the world a little bit different and that's really cool and I appreciate that. Um, and so in the same way, like creative people, they're putting their perspective in the book and it will always be different from everyone else's because um, everyone's unique and interesting and like perspectives, like we're all just very different, which is really, really cool. Um, and you know, they're gonna put stuff in their books that I would never even think about uh, and will probably steal later. But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm taking your book, so I'm just saying, Definitely. yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, that's that's something um, I find a lot when looking at like everybody around me. Like, I think I know I have like unique ideas and like different things that nobody else thinks of. But then I look around and I see other people do that as well. Like, I yeah, that's 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 really true. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. all right. Thank you for your question. I appreciate it. Um, any other Best questions question. or comments or anything anyone else wanted to share before we end? No. You said your book is. Yeah, it's one for ten, so it, or yeah, ten each, or whatever. So you could do like eleven ninety nine, or like what's the fucking math like four four twenty nine ninety nine for all three. Like yeah. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna do it. I was gonna do twelve for one, and then twenty for both, or like uh, thirty for all three, or something like that. Yeah. So instead of like twelve. Each. I try to make it even I because know. I don't want to deal with like sales tax yeah. counting. So yeah. like when I'm at a con, I'm just like it's it's this price and it's whole. And please don't make me like break us any sort of bill. <laughs> I don't want. All right. Um. So yeah. I mean, there. That's it. Um. Thank you all.
for coming and asking your questions and listening to us ramble about our stuff. Um, again, I'm K.S. Garner, the urban fantasy author of um, Unholy and Unbroken. Again, the third one, Unleashed. I'm hoping to have out this time next year, um, hopefully before then, because Artscape is coming back. Um, thank you to Adam Downing. Adam. Right, the writer, right, comics writer of Offspring, and what was the other one? Uh, Project Angel. Project Angel. Sweet. Yep. Sweet. Yep. We can and buy subsequent issues out. Um, yeah. 2023. Yep. Yeah. And Mitch Bastios. Yeah, yeah. Mitch Bastios. You can. Uh, that's my pen name. Uh, it, it's for most of the stuff. So Necrobotic will be coming out. Uh, physical copy. Uh, next month, you can buy it on drive-thru uh, with PDF, uh, and of course, Chew um, is another TTRPG that's coming out, uh, and I have a Kickstarter coming out in January uh, that features uh, army men, uh, so it should be interesting and cool. Yeah. yeah, cool, cool, cool. All right, well, thank you again for all coming. I appreciate you all. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you.